are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a January 9th Tuesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host here of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the show. We did not have a show immediately after the enormous Blazers victory the other night against the San Antonio Spurs, so we're going to talk about that, and we will look ahead to the first game in their road trip, which happens today on today's Tuesday. They are going to have a pretty big road trip here, lots of good Western Conference teams, and they're starting with one of the hottest teams in the league in the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight at 5, and they will be without Damian Lillard. Uh, that is, I think, the most important and most relevant thing for today is that the Blazers are not going to have Dame once again. He's out with a right calf strain. He was a game-time decision when I was in the building on Friday, and then uh, they said he was going to play, and then on Sunday... He did not play against the San Antonio Spurs, was in street clothes, though the Blazers still managed to win that game. C.J. McCollum with a game winner, and then LaMarcus Aldridge with a miss at the end to give the Blazers the victory. And now they're on the road, Oklahoma City tonight, and then they have a back-to-back against the Rockets, so... You know, maybe some of the thinking is on uh, with, with respect to Dame is that a back-to-back is probably going to be a little much to ask, given the calf strain, and maybe they and so they figured maybe they're going to have to sit him for one of those two games, and so they decide to sit him for the Oklahoma City game, and. Luckily for the Blazers, they they played well the other night. Uh, they 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 got a home victory against a team that is probably better than them, which it seems like that hasn't happened this year. They they they've really not taken care of home, but they were able to do that on Sunday night. C.J. McCollum, as I mentioned, twenty five points, seven assists, the game winner. Uh, on a on a great floater, the type of shot that CJ has not gotten to go this season. Uh, I, I've talked about this. His floater from three to ten feet has just fallen way off than what it normally is, and that has hurt his value. And he finally got one of those shots to go last night, and he had a good game against Atlanta as well. So maybe CJ starting to kind of get into a rhythm. And we could see a little bit of a regression to the mean in the sense that he can get some of these shots to start going in. Because that floater game, you know, last year when CJ was regarded as the best shooter in the NBA, I mean, uh, this is not something I'm making up. They were looking at all the metrics, all the shot locations, and people were breaking it down and saying, wow, CJ makes like every shot, <laughs> you know, from everywhere. And. He was also shooting 40% for three, which he, he's been shooting well from three this year. It's been all the shots 
inside that he has not gotten to go. And uh, to see him get that floater over the Spurs to get the win, I think not only was great for his confidence because he's had a bunch of game winners that you uh, of looks that you would like to see that he almost made but didn't, and he finally gets a moment to hit that floater. So good for the Blazers that they have CJ kind of getting into a rhythm. Shabazz Napier played well once again, 15.7 assists. And Mo Harkless, who continues to fight through a tough season with a great game, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 7 of 10 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3. And when Mo hits his threes, that is as good as a wing you can find on the Blazers. And, and he delivered against the Spurs. And, and once again, uh, Evan Turner had a pretty decent game from the field, four of nine, uh, not that bad. Uh, and and Nurk uh, also with a reasonably efficient game by his standards, uh, given the type of season that he's had uh, this season on the offensive end where he just has not gotten anything to go. But uh, I think CJ getting that shot to go was was a really cool thing for him because he's been a guy that the Blazers have relied upon in the clutch. They have gone to him. He's had great opportunities to score and make big plays, but they just have not gotten the fall. And in particular, the, the type of shot that he took on that play, that was really, I thought, a cool moment for him because those are the shots that he has not gotten to go. And... Uh, for him to get that in that way, I think was really cool and really fitting. I think for maybe maybe some of these struggles to come full circle, and maybe CJ can kind of roll this up into a little momentum. Maybe, like I said, regression to the mean that he can take care of these shots. And when CJ's on that next level, you know that helps the offense. And and Nurkic has also struggled with that, and and I think that has been one of the big things offensively is that you know CJ when he's been inside has not been CJ McCollum that we know and I when I when I was on with Corbin last week I looked at it and he was in the 47th percentile of points per shot attempt and last year he was in the 93rd percentile so he has gone relative to the rest of the league he has just not been the same guy from inside the three point line and uh, if he can start to get those things to go, which is not that crazy of a thing because he has a larger sample size of being much better than he has been this year, you know, maybe that that's the start of something for Portland's offense that they can really turn things around. And they did have a good offensive game in this one against the Spurs. Granted, uh, they, they didn't have that great of a defensive game, but the Spurs are the Spurs, and they're going to figure out ways to crack your defense no matter how good your defense is. And for Portland to be able to get points and score and, and do things that they have not been able to do uh, against a really good team, Kawhi Leonard or not, that was, uh, you know, could be a confidence booster for the Blazers. And like I said, Kawhi Leonard didn't play in this game. Tony Parker didn't play. But the, the, the Spurs still are pretty good. LaMarcus had 30, 30 and 14. And, and, and the Spurs are, you know, just as well coached as ever. So that's not changing. But the Blazers get a nice win at home. Uh, I would probably say their best home win of the year. Uh, 
I can't none no no other home wins are really coming to mind right now for this Blazers team and that's kind of the season it's been they've had some nice road wins they've really done well on the road and that was one of their goals this season their goals were to get better at defense and to win on the road and now maybe some of that other stuff the 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 stuff that we know that this Blazers team could do and has done in the past maybe that starts to come in but once again I will go back to my refrain from this season and that's every time I think I figured out the Blazers I have not figured them out so of course they win these two games at home and now uh I am going in with no expectations on this trip because anything can happen with this team I don't you know they they have been the ultimate high and low team so far this season and as I did mention that CJ McCollum has been called upon to be a clutch player for the Blazers this season and if you look at the clutch stats, actually, Dame and CJ are both in the top seven in clutch scoring, and they're the only team that has two guys doing that right now, which is pretty cool to see that the Blazers duo is getting it done in the clutch, and they're, you know, performing. And and, and this is even without, they still have, they haven't made their three-pointers in the same way. Uh, CJ, I think, was one of the, he was like the most efficient clutch scorer last year, had the best field goal percentage. That's gone down a little bit, but he he's kept at it. He he gets to the free throw line. He he makes plays. He's shooting 80% at the line in those situations and 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 keeps going. And, and, and I'm really impressed with how those two guys have performed overall in the clutch this season, even though they've had moments here and there like CJ where he's missed a bunch of shots, but he got one to go. And I think uh, that the, these things bode well for the Blazers, I I think. And, and uh, obviously we, we don't know anything with this Blazers team because they've been so hit and miss and they've been so uh, – you know the the needle has just been moving back and forth. Just it's so much volatility. It seems like with this team, and uh, but but that is a stat that has been there the whole season. That the Blazers' two stars have have really delivered in the clutch uh, in many ways, and uh, they're doing well. And if maybe if they get into the clutch tonight, Oklahoma City has been better. I must say than they were earlier in the season where they were blowing leads like crazy and and it was just they were just looking like a disaster at the end of games so they'll probably be a little bit better but uh you know having CJ at the very least gives you a chance down the stretch of a game that you can that you can win and if Portland can keep it close against the Thunder which is going to be difficult because they've really turned it around uh, and they're really playing with a lot of chemistry playing well off of each other and, and creating good shots Carmelo Anthony has accepted his role of just kind of being a spot-up shooter being a release valve for Russell Westbrook and Westbrook kind of does his thing and then they get Paul George involved but it's mostly just George and Westbrook and uh, there's no my turn your turn with Carmelo anymore he is doing what I thought he should be doing and and when when Corbin and I were on the bandwagon of trying to get him to Portland he's being more like the player I would have imagined him in this scenario with the Blazers or in a scenario with a team where he's no longer the best guy and he looks like he's finally adapted to that so this is going to be a tough matchup for the Blazers defense which has not really slowed anybody down they have been playing 
mostly good offensive teams, even the Hawks. They're not a good team, but their offense has actually been pretty average, and the Blazers did a nice job uh, shutting them down. But they had the Spurs on the schedule. They had the Bulls, who were playing really well. Uh, when they played them, they played the Cavs on the first night that they got Isaiah Thomas back. And uh, they, they've they've had to play really good offenses lately, so those defensive numbers could take a hit no matter what happens. But uh, they are in Oklahoma City tonight. No Dame with the right calf strain, which is, is tough. But the Blazers, you know, with Shabazz Napier, they've really uh, – they haven't missed a beat, and and I mean they have missed a beat. I mean they don't have Dame. Dame stretches the defense out to forty feet, and and does a whole bunch of things that don't even show up on the stat sheet. So while Shabazz has done great things, uh, in terms of production, he is not. Uh, there's there's also the other the other not exact. I mean they're they are quantifiable now. You know things like gravity and things like. Uh, you know, how close guys stay to shooters, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's a ton of metrics for that, not at the metrics I'm looking at, but, or not in the box score. And, and those are the things that you miss with Dame. And they're not going to have that against Westbrook. That would obviously be a really great thing to have, but, uh, and, and the, it's going to be a team effort tonight guarding Westbrook from the Blazers perspective I I could see lots of different guys get a chance against him I could see Harkless maybe coming off the bench and guarding him uh and it's good that that Harkless had a a confidence booster type of game and uh that he's also kind of stayed stayed within the team you know this is like I said after he had that game against the Lakers I do think that it is a little bit of a sign of maturity that hey you know He's not playing a lot. He's not playing every night. His spot is not guaranteed. And I have been a little bit frustrated. I've questioned, you know, where he is in the rotation. But at the same time, he's doing his job. And maybe this is a sign of maturity that if you don't play him for a couple games, he's not going to quit on you. He's not going to check out. And he's going to be ready when the time comes. And for Harkless this season... He has come in and won a bunch of games. I mean, he won that Laker game. I I, I would like I, I'd say probably uh, come in comes in big in that San Antonio game on Sunday, and then he comes back and his spot's not guaranteed. And Pat Connaughton has played really well, so I I can't necessarily say that Stotts is wrong in going with Connaughton, especially when the offense has struggled so much. So. We'll see what happens with Harkless when Dame gets back. I don't know if his spot's going to be back or not, but credit to him for staying engaged, for being ready and not checking out and, and having a repeat of Orlando, uh, which, you know, he had a really tough time there when he stopped. He started getting jumped in the rotation by literally every other wing. He, and it wasn't even just, you know, Aaron Gordon, it was Devin Marble who, who, who was playing over him. I mean, it was not, there were not good names that were going past Mo Harkless in the depth chart, but he has kept his head about him. He has been engaged and, and, and to the Blazers credit, you know, they've had some struggles this year, especially scoring the ball, but they have played well on the defensive end. And that has helped them kind of survive. And maybe they can turn this offense around in a little bit like Oklahoma City, where Oklahoma City's offense was awful and their clutch 
offense was even worse. The defense that they played kind of kept them in the standings, and then they just ripped off a bunch of games in a row and because their offense got it together. And maybe that's something that you can hope for with Portland is maybe not, you know, seven, eight game win streak, but, you know, win five out of six or something like that in a stretch. And if they can get this offense back going, because this road trip is going to be really difficult. I think it's going to be hard to expect that, but they get another shot at Minnesota on this trip, which is going to be a big game. And they're facing a bunch of teams right now that are in the playoff picture. And uh, they're going to be tough, and they're going to need Dame in some of those games, I believe. Uh, And they're not going to have him in this first one tonight, Tuesday, in Oklahoma City against the Thunder. Let's look ahead at the rest of the road trip. On Wednesday, the Blazers are going to face the Houston Rockets in Houston, they do not have James Harden. They are not going to have James Harden for a while. Uh, They are considering it a partial tear in his hamstring, as I think it's a grade two, uh, something grade two. I I can't, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not a doctor here, but he's going to be out for at least two, two to four weeks. And, and he could be out even longer than that. I mean, the all-star break is not that far away and, for a team and a guy who has consistently kind of broken down uh, down in the later stages of the year, you know, that, that was one of the things with Harden last year is he just totally ran out of gas and against the Spurs. And uh, they got to be careful with this. And, and with Chris Paul and with the team that they have right now, I don't think it's it's so much about racking up the wins as much as it is they need to be ready to play their best ball at playoff time because that's what they have missed. So uh, with regards to Houston, I think that's a beatable team. They will still space the floor. They will still run. Chris Paul is is looking really good, but uh, it, 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 it's, it remains to be seen how long he's going to be able to carry this much of a heavy load, but he's going to have to. And... Uh, that I think is a very winnable game for the Blazers. The Lakers beat them the other night. I mean, uh, this is, uh, definitely a very winnable game or the Lakers didn't beat them. The Lakers almost beat them the other night. It went into like double overtime, but anyway, what, you know what I'm saying? The Blazers are better than the Lakers, even without Dame. And they have a really good chance to win in Houston at New Orleans, a team that, presents problems and has really hurt them so far this season. But again, a team that the Blazers can beat. Uh, I think a a team that's on their level, especially if they have Dame, I think Portland, uh, even though they're on the road, I think I would take Portland in that game. And then, and that is on Friday. And then on Sunday, they have a meeting in Minnesota with the Timberwolves who just waxed the Cleveland Cavaliers last night by 20 something points. LeBron was a minus 39. It was it was pretty ridiculous uh, what happened last night. But the Blazers wrap up their road trip on Sunday in Minnesota with a big game. Uh, you know, the Blazers are not in their vicinity quite yet in the standings. But they're a little bit closer than they were with those two wins at home. Now they're four games back of Minnesota, and they're only a half game back of Oklahoma City. So this game is a big game for Portland, especially when you start thinking about tiebreakers. You start thinking about playoff seeding. This game against the Thunder 
is a, a pretty important game. It, it is a bummer that they don't have Dame, but uh, it's something that uh, they can take advantage of. And if they get this win, you know that's going to be a big win come April for them. So the Blazers have a, a shot against the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. No Dame, but uh, I still think they have a chance to win this game uh, against the team that is directly ahead of them in the standings. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends. Leave us a review. We'll be back after the game tonight against the Thunder. And we'll be looking ahead to the Houston game, talking about that, and uh, looking ahead at the rest of the road trip and, and checking in where the rest of the league is at. So until then, Keep it locked on Locked On Blazers. Subscribe, do all that stuff, and we will see you next time here on Locked On Blazers.